We've had a theme this morning of how great is the love for us. I want you to turn with me to probably the most familiar scripture in your entire Bible, John 3.16. Most of us probably quote it from memory, right? It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. If you look at the end of Romans, Romans chapter 8, says that if God would not spare his own son, how would he not also give us all good things? We have a loving father. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that's expressed to us in Christ Jesus our Lord. We heard this morning how we not only need to hear that, we need to receive that. We need to believe that. We can hear it over and over, but we need to accept that for ourselves that that's for me. And when we read John 3.16, many of us say and think, Jesus loves me. God sent his son that I might have eternal life. That's the tremendous expression of God's love to us, isn't it? But it doesn't just say Jesus loves me. It says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that means he loves me. I need to believe that. But he also loves them. We need to believe both. We need to believe for ourselves and live in that love. But we also need to live with the expression as a church of God's love for the world. Many of us think of Jesus' Great Commission, and that's in your bulletin today. The sermon titled, Make Disciples of All Nations. This is a church of, a house of prayer for all nations. But God's heart for the nations doesn't start with the Great Commission. Look at God's call to Abraham. God's call to Abraham was that he would bless him. But look at verse 3. It says, and through you all the nations of the earth, or the word there is really all the peoples of the earth will be blessed. Because so God's call to Abraham wasn't just to Abraham and his seed, the nation of Israel. God's call to Abraham was that he might bless all peoples of the earth. God's call to the nation of Israel is that they may be a light to the Gentiles, a means of salvation for all people. 
Look at Isaiah 42, verse 6. That's, that, it's Isaiah reminding the people of Israel of why God called them. God called them to be a light to the Gentiles, to show the world how to get to God. That they might be a means of salvation. That is Isaiah 49, verse 6. A means of salvation. That people might come to the Lord. You want to read a good book on God's heart for the nations? The best book ever written about God's heart for the nations. The book of Psalms. 150 times in that one book, we read of God's heart for the nations. Read it again. Read the book of Psalms again. Put an underline every time you see nations and God's heart for the nations. You know, you won't be eternally cursed if you do that. You know, you're not adding to Scripture when you put a line under, all na- under nations. <laughs> the whole Old Testament shows us God's heart for the nations. Turn with me to Luke. Luke chapter 24, we see, we see Jesus' summation of the Old Testament. Luke 24, verse 44. It says, I'm reading from the NIV, which is, if you don't have an NIV Bible, there's one there in front of you, NIV as well. We're reading from the same version. It says, He said to them, this is what I have told you while I was still with you. He's speaking to his disciples. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So he's saying, this is what's written about me in the Old Testament. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. He says, that's what you see in the Old Testament. And there are many, you've heard many sermons about what's in the Old Testament as a foreshadowing or a looking forward to Jesus. But look at the second part, verse 47. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in my name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. So Jesus' summation of the Old Testament is, in the Old Testament, you see me. I'm going to suffer and die. And you see that this message will go to all nations. That's in the Old Testament. Then Jesus comes. The nation of Israel called of God to bless the nations. But they got their focus on themselves instead of on the nations. We are the people of God. They called the nations the dogs or the wood for the fire of hell. They had all kinds of terminology for them. But Jesus came and taught them and showed them a different way. Matthew chapter 8, 
Remember when the centurion came to Jesus? He had a servant who was sick, right? And Jesus says, I will come. And the centurion says, no, no, you don't need to come. I'm not worthy for you to come into my house. And that was the case at the time of Jesus. No Jew would allow a Gentile into his house, and no Jew would go into the house of a Gentile lest they be defiled. Talk about division. But the centurion says, just speak, just say it, and he'll be healed. Jesus said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Right? And then what does he say? He says, people from the east and the west will come and eat with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the children of the kingdom, some of them will be thrown out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That was new news to the nation of Israel. For them, they were going to heaven, and everybody else was going to hell. And Jesus says, no. There are Gentiles that are going to heaven, and there are Jews that are going to hell. Look up in chapter 15, the Canaanite woman that comes to Jesus. Remember? The Canaanite woman comes and says her daughter was possessed by a demon. She begs Jesus, and Jesus doesn't pay attention to her to begin with. The disciples say, send her away. But that's how, the Jew, that's how the Jews treated all Gentiles. When they spoke to them, the Jews would not acknowledge that they were even talking to them. They were not people. They totally disregarded them. Jesus said, it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. That's a shocker. Jesus calling this lady a dog. I think he did it to perk up the ears of his disciples because they call Gentiles dogs all the time. They probably had never heard Jesus refer to a Gentile as a dog. Sometimes we need to say something in, in speaking that, you know, shock people into reality a bit, Right? Not just blah, blah. Not just the same thing, okay? Jesus shocked his disciples. And then the amazing thing, she says, but even if there's crumbs that fall off the table, the dogs get that. And Jesus says, great is your faith, and her daughter was healed. A Gentile. After Jesus goes to the cross, the resurrection, then we have the Great Commission. There's a Great Commission in every gospel, not just Matthew. Matthew is, go and make disciples of all nations. The expanded part of that is in your bulletin, verses 18 to 20. Verse 19, the, the command there, the command there is go and make disciples of all nations. That's the command. How you do that, you make disciples of all nations by going, 
telling them the gospel, by baptizing, bringing them into a body where they can grow, and by teaching. But the command is, make disciples of all nations. Look at Mark. Mark chapter 16. No, yeah, 16 verse 15. Very similar to the Matthew command. Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Luke 24, we already looked at. Repentance, forgiveness of sins will be preached in my name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And then John, John 20, 21 says, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, Jesus came from heaven to show us the love of the Father. And he is saying, as the Father sent me, so send I you. We are to present Jesus to our world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we are to love the world. That we're willing to lay down our life for our brother. Jesus summed it all up. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And your neighbor doesn't just mean the guy next door. In our, <laughs> in our world, our neighbor is the nation's. The nations are coming to us, and we need to be going to them. They need the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me. I want you to look at, I want you to see this scripture. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. When is Jesus coming? When is he coming? Okay, he's coming when we get the job done. We, we hear a lot, especially evangelists, you know, repent. Today is the day of salvation because today Jesus can return. Now, you need to repent. Today is your day of salvation because it might be your last day on earth. But it's not because Jesus is coming today. We still have 6,000 unreached people groups who have never heard the glad gospel. 7,000 people die every day, and they've never heard the name of Jesus one time in their whole life. 
Now, we, we have a hard time imagining that in our culture, right? In our environment. Everybody's heard the name of Jesus. That's what we think. But because Transworld Radio tells us that the gospel is preached around the world, that's true. There's nowhere in this world that you cannot get the gospel on shortwave radio. That's true. But the problem is, it's not in their language. And it's not, they've never seen a believer. They've never seen a Christian. If you, most of us never listen to the radio anymore. But if you turn on the TV and you get somebody speaking in Hindi about Hinduism, how long do you, how long do you listen? You go someplace where you understand it and you have some desire to hear it, right? Just because the gospel is being preached does not mean that people are hearing it, understanding it, or coming to Christ as a result of it. Here it says, look here, it says, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world, but the second part, as a testimony to all people. Now, Preaching and testifying are two different things. A testimony is what has happened to you, you tell somebody else. That's a testimony. It's not enough just to preach the word. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. We need to bring them the gospel of Jesus Christ. They need to see Jesus in us. Go to Revelations. We started in Genesis. Let's finish in Revelations. Revelations chapter 7, verse 9. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne in front of the Lamb. They were wearing great white robes, and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Before the throne of God, we are going to have people from every nation, tribe, people, and language. This is a promise. It's a promise. <laughs> Just like all those other promises you hold on to, this is a promise. They're going to be there. How are they going to be there? Because you and I are going to do something about it. You and I aren't going to just bathe in his presence and in his love. We need that. But we also need to leave this place and proclaim who he is. A testimony to all nations. Let me give you one more. This is the Pentecostal church. We got to end in the book of Acts. We went from beginning to end. Let's go back. 
in verse 4, the Jesus that, that told them, go and make disciples of all nations, also said to them, don't leave Jerusalem. That's in Acts chapter 1, that's verse 4. Don't, do, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father promised, which you have heard me speaking about. For John baptized with water, but we, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then jump down to verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There's a lot of controversy about Pentecost these days. We had tongues, interpretation here. Fantastic words from God this morning, haven't we? But the reason for the baptism in the Holy Spirit is you will be my witnesses. To empower us to witness to that which we have experienced. We, we need to be witnesses in our Jerusalem. Right here. Judea. People that are a little bit different than us. Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That is not just the call of Nathan, Eric. <laughs> it's not just the call of the foreign missionary. It is the call to all of us, every one of us. The command to make disciples of all nations is something every one of us need to be involved in. My question to you this morning is, what are you going to do with that call on your life? This place is called <laughs> House of Prayer for All Nations. It needs to start there. The front lines of missions is on our knees. The greatest gift you can give any missionary is to pray for them. When you think about Eric and Bethany, don't worry about them. We just heard stories now of horrendous things that have happened in Mexico. Horrendous things are happening around the world. There's more persecution today for the sake of Christ than any time in history. But your worry doesn't help anything. Your prayer does. I'm asking you to stand behind Eric and Bethany in prayer. Every time you think of them, every time they come to mind, pray. I can tell you testimony after testimony of times that I have been. I would not be here if it wasn't the prayer the prayers of God's people. I've been in many situations. Machine guns waved in my face. 
different things. That one was in the DRC. (laughs) Many times, a day or two later, someone will say, God awoke me at this time to pray for you. And that's the time I was in that situation. Pray. It starts with prayer. None of us. Jesus gave them the great command, go and make disciples of all nations. And then he says, don't leave Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Right? So let's be empowered. Let's be people of prayer. And let's be people of action. Starting in our Jerusalem. But we don't end there. We go to the ends of the earth. And all of us can be involved in that enterprise of reaching the nations. How many want the Lord Jesus to come back? How many? Hey, we sing about it. We talk about it. Half of our songs are about it, right? So let's get at it. Let's make it happen. We can make it happen. It says when <laughs> preached all days as a testimony to all, then the end will come. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the great love that every one of us can enjoy. What great love you have lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. Thank you, Father. None of us are deserving, but Father, you have lavished your love on us. Father, we have enjoyed this time of worship here this morning, just basking in your love, coming boldly into your throne because we know we are forgiven. We know we are cleansed. We know we are pure. We know that nothing separates us from the love of God. Thank you, God, for who we are in Christ Jesus. But thank you, Father, that you've called us not only to love you, but to love our neighbor. Father, I pray that every one of us here would look at this challenge, the challenge of reaching our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And we take seriously your call to make disciples of all nations. Father, help us not to just be hearers of the word, but doers also. We commit this word unto you. We commit our lives unto you. Father, I pray in this week, in this week, we will share your good news with someone. That someone will hear the glad gospel this week because we have shared what you have given to us. Father, we are blessed and we want to be a blessing. In this week, Father, make us a blessing. In your name, amen.